Welcome back to episode nine. We are here with uh, your favorite people, them. Um, <laughs> to my right, we have uh, a Somali. Thank you, thank you for getting my name right. <laughs> and uh, we have special guest uh, Eunice in the building. Second appearance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we have uh, Kobe here, as usual. Of course. And the guy G6. You already know. And we have Cody here to my left. Yes, yes. All right, so welcome to episode nine. We have a jam-packed episode. This episode is uh, Ramadan, Ramadan, if there's any <laughs> other uh, ways to say it. But um, yeah, uh, we're going to have a Somali here give you a quick uh, Ramadan breakdown. Rundown, breakdown. Okay, for those who are not familiar, Ramadan is the month where Muslims fast from sunup to sundown. And um, before we go into the details, it's better to explain, you know, the background behind it or the reason behind it. So, Allah says in the Quran, "Ya ayyuhal ladina amanu kutiba alaykum as-siyamu kama kutiba ala al-ladina min qablikum la'allakum tattaqun." O you who believe, fasting has been prescribed upon you, as it has been prescribed to the people before you. Right. So the people before us, you know, the Jews and the Christians, they were also prescribed fasting, <coughs> and many of them do continue it today. And then. Goes into explain the purpose behind it. So you gain. The word taqwa is, is translated as piety, but it's, it's such an off word. Doesn't people don't even know what that means anymore, right? Yeah. So basically, it's to gain God consciousness, right? and how it, how it works is where we are. You know, we stop doing that which is halal. Right, things that you're allowed to do, eating, drinking, right? Things like you know, relations with your spouse. These things which are normally allowed in everyday life, you're not allowed to do during the day. Right. And the reason so when you're fasting and you're thinking to yourself, okay, I can't do this because you know, Allah said, you know, don't eat or don't drink or don't do whatever. So these that thir- those thirty days are sort of a training ground for you. So that when the month is done, it becomes easier and you gain that consciousness throughout the year. So when you're because throughout the year, you know, you have you 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 abstain from doing things that are not allowed. But sometimes those things just become habit. Right? So when you have when you stop yourself from doing things that are that you're normally allowed to do, then you become more aware of it. Right? You're thinking about it throughout the day. And a lot of us, you know, we'll go, for example, like ten minutes ago, Kobe almost went to the fountain, he almost took a drink of water. <laughs> so when you stop yourself from doing that, it's like, okay, you you gain that consciousness, you gain that awareness. And that it's that awareness that carries out over the next eleven months. Months. Wow, Rex! <laughs> wow, Rex! Sorry, sorry, I'm not an expert. I'm stupid. Um, but yeah, for 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 all the people at, at work that ask me, yo, not even water, not even water, bro, not even water, <laughs> not even water, not even water, man. But um, I remember me and uh, me and Kobe having a conversation a while back, and we were talking, we were just talking about Ramadan since it was coming up, and we were saying, oh, like. Uh, for us, it's usually just a family event, and like everybody, in the, everybody in your house is involved. Your mom's cooking, like everybody's getting ready. But for and and that was uh, Eunice or, or Nat was saying that you know some some men don't get that, some niggas don't get that. So I want I wanted to hear um, Ramadan from their perspective, from somebody that that changed from uh, the religion that they were back to Islam. You know what I'm saying? So um, thank you guys for coming here and uh, giving us your time. No worries, man. No worries. Thanks. Uh, I'm 
I'm gonna hit you guys right away with the first question that I got. And uh, for the people that don't know, how long ago did you join Islam, and and from what religion? All right. So, firstly, I'm gonna try to touch something quick, inshallah, and that's regarding, I guess, acknowledging the blessing upon us, you know, which is of course the deen. And um, as we know, the Prophet ﷺ mentioned, "Man Whoever dies, or I know that la ilaha went to jinn. So this is the key to success, as we know. And as Allah mentioned in Surah Al-Buruj, that is a great success. When you look at companies and corporations like Johnson & Johnson, you see them being wealthy. This is the true wealth, Islam. You know what I mean? As you guys know, your family, you guys inherited it. Alhamdulillah, you know, it's a blessing. And uh, it's something to be grateful for, you know? Because uh, me and the brother here, if we were to lose our family upon this, you know, like we can't make dua for them once they pass. We can't inherit from them. You know what I mean? Very big blessing, but uh, to answer your question, six years ago, as of next month, inshallah, it's my seventh Ramadan <coughs> in six years, as of June 28th. Inshallah, inshallah. Would you like to answer the question, Cody? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so basically, uh, and uh, and for what from what religion did you um, convert from? Um, we were Christian. We went to a Seventh-day Adventist church, which has uh, many, I guess, Old Testament principles. So stuff from the Judaism scriptures. So our Sabbath, for example, was Friday. Went to church Saturday. But of course, you know, I, I went maybe six or times a year by force. And uh, that was really it, to be honest. But of course, it differed between my family, you know, determining denominations and whatnot. But my specific household, my grandma, she followed um the Seventh-day Adventist where... So you, so on, you got some more? I'm done, I'm done for now. <laughs> done for now. Yeah, I know. Cody, if you'd like to answer uh, that question. So my family was, uh, I grew up with uh, my uh, my grandparents and my mom. My dad was there too, but my parents aren't directly uh, like religious, I would say. But they're like God conscious. But um, with that being said, like I would say the I went to a Catholic elementary school. So I would say that was like the religion that I would say I was upon, but um, yeah, like it was a mix. Uh, it was a mixed experience because when I go to my my father's side of the family, there wasn't really much of like um like a Christian foundation. Although like they were Rastafari, it wasn't really much like I wasn't really in tune or I wasn't really I guess informed about exactly what the religion was that they were practicing exactly. You know that's that's the thing with hearing about people's you know stories of how they converted and or sorry how they reverted to Islam. We don't really take that into consideration. You know, most of us or all of us we were born Muslim, and that's all that we ever knew. Right? So we're not really. You know, I don't want to say we're not grateful, but we're not as grateful for you know the guidance. Yeah, we take it for granted. And that's and that's something that whenever you know I'm chilling with these guys, it's one thing that you know they always remind me of. And that's you know the blessing of born into a Muslim family where your whole Muslim is your whole family is Muslim right? where you know you have people that are going to wake up for Fajr you have people that are going to wake up for Sufur you know and that in itself is a huge blessing and, and if your family's not it it just makes it that much harder to practice this is any religion right for sure, if, for sure. If, you get what I'm saying so if, if um, like brothers like this that, that their families don't practice they, they have to do everything themselves which makes it ten times harder just to just to keep the faith and you know a lot of people that do take that for granted so just as a before we even get started, um, if you guys know anybody that's listening, if you guys know anybody that converted to Islam, 
you know, invite them over to your house for iftar and, and make it much easier for them, you know. Um, but I have uh, a second question. Second question is, uh, how was that first Ramadan experience, that first one? My very first Ramadan experience, I took Shahada maybe, it was June, as I said. And I believe Ramadan was maybe July that time, 2012. So when we graduated, about 17 years old, it was my first time fasting ever. I knew what it was about. I went to school with Muslims. I knew what it was my first time fasting, you know. So I fasted, I believe, 20 out of 30 days and I had headaches. I couldn't really prepare well because I'd make up, I'd wake up for support. I'd try to make food. My mom would get mad. I'm waking up at 2 a.m. in the morning. You know what I mean? At 17 years old, you're trying to go to the Mishnah for Fajr. It's like 3 o'clock. So it was a problem. Mom's thinking, mom's thinking it's so serious. Um, but with that being said, I guess as a reader, as someone who takes shahada, you realize the blessing upon you, first and foremost, and you want to strive. You know what I mean? So you know that, for example, now, you know that um, outside of believing, action is very important. And then there's another hadith where the Prophet mentioned, um, So verily Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made the fire haram upon the one who says, La ilaha illallah, while seeking the face, or that of the face of Allah. So while doing the actions as well, striving towards his cause. So that being said, you know, we kind of understood that concept. You can't just say you're Muslim, I need to practice. You know what I mean? And I guess you develop a sense of spiritual independence in a sense that you're, you kind of do stuff without environmental influences. You know, so as a Christian, for example, as I said, I used to go to church when my mom told me we were going to church. I did not want to go. I did not care to go, but you know what I mean? We're going to church, but I'm going to church. It was like that. But as a Muslim, I was 17 years old. Um, it's Fajr. I'm trying to go, you know, I'm trying to learn this routine. I'm trying to make it to the masjid. I'm trying to practice. I believe in I was convicted in it, so I had conviction in the deen, so I tried to implement that as well. But uh, outside of that, I would say my experiences, they, <coughs> of course, they differed, you know? Like, it's your first time you're alone, you're trying to fast alone, you're trying to break your fast, trying to understand how everything even works, you know what I mean? And, and your family might be offering you food. And yeah, they used to urge that. me to break my fast. You have a headache? Break your fast. What's wrong with you? You're too, you're too serious. What God wants you to be, you know? You didn't really understand the concept in the first part. It was a challenge. It was a challenge. But my favorite experience of that Ramadan was, I believe it was that with the 2013 one. I met an Afghan uncle at Abu Huraira in uh, North York. And he used to love, like, new Muslims. He loved them, you know, in totality. It's crazy. He couldn't really speak English. He had broken English. But um, he came to me and another brother, and he invited us to his house. And I'm sure Abdurrahman Kodi can, you know, can relate to this. But as, like, you know, Caribbean, the culture, we don't really go to people's house and eat their food. You know what I mean? We swear to ourselves. We stay in our house. We do our thing. So that being said, you know, I told my mom I'm 18, 17 years old. I'm going to some random Afghan uncle's house to eat food. She thinks I'm crazy, you know what I mean? She's like, are you serious? He's going to poison you. He's going to try to, you know, swindle you to join some weird stuff. You know what I mean? So she's, she was out there concerned. But I explained to her, this is the deen. It's how the brother is in Islam, et cetera, et cetera. But with that being said, we went to his house maybe at 1 o'clock for Dhuhr. And I was there for maybe seven hours. And mind you, I did not want to go at all. Like, I did not care to go. No offense to the brother, but... He invited me and to show him respect, which he deserved, you know, he went out of his way to invite me. I went to his house. So we watched Peace, Peace TV for like five hours straight. He was asking of us, he was asking us about, you know, what brought us to Islam. He made us lead Salah. Like it was just, you know, it was a funny experience. And then with that, he invited his Jamaican neighbor, some Jamaican mother. She's like 40. And he gave her iftar as well. So to see Islam being like manifested in his action was amazing. You know what I mean? This guy who barely can speak English, who had a love for the deen like this, he showed me uh, his deen. He's like, you know, it's, Beautiful, man. Cody, would you like to answer the question? Yeah, yeah. So basically, um, I can't really remember too much detail as to how my first Ramadan was. But 
I can like explain like how it's progressed over time, right? Yeah. So basically, like I remember from the first experience, it was like Nathaniel said or Eunice. It was more so like uh, like it's more self like discipline, right? Because it's like nobody's you're not getting that push from the outside. It's more so just you, I guess, staying focused and uh, like you know just being like like being focused on what you have to do. And I feel too like for that, it's also good. Also, like you mentioned, it's it's hard when you don't have the environmental like influences. But I feel like that also is a motivator because then it's like when you do things, inshallah, like of course you know actions are by intention. So you know when you're actually doing things when nobody's around, it's it's inshallah should be genuine, right? Mm-hmm. So that increases like your your uh, your your sincerity almost, you know. Of course, you know we can't really measure sincerity, but you know it's it's a it's a it's a good push towards that being like you know self dependent and not really you know needing people to push you. Although it's it's you know it's um, inevitable that you need that push from outside, you know, because it's very helpful when you have that outside push. And speaking on that outside push, I feel like it's amazing when uh, Muslim families accept uh, reverts into their houses. Like for example, like uh, there's a Somali family. Uh, from Djibouti in my in my area that she uh, she invited me like a couple of Ramadans now even up until now every day for Iftar you know mm-hmm. so and, and there's another uh, Somali uh, family that I grew up with and they live I guess down a couple doors and likewise the same thing like it's they invite me all the time too so it's very like um, it's very like it, it helps you like you know keep going and, and it, it um, diminishes that 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 perception you have of some Muslims, where it's like, you know, it's kind of like you're a revert, so you're kind of like a like a like a outcast, you know. And people too, it's like they may see you, and it's kind of like they may not like because they don't they don't understand you, they they let you be, you know. But just because you don't understand someone, there's not a reason for you not to approach them, you know. So like uh, Nathaniel was saying, like the Afghan brother, a lot of word, and that's 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 huge to do something like that, you know. And that's, and that's the thing that we have to change, you know, from from our perspective, right? <clears throat> you see it in the messages all the time. <clears throat> a guy will come in, you know, his pants sagging, have his hair in dread, and then automatically people look at him like, okay, this guy's not one of us, you know? And that, and that's the thing, and that's the concept, that's the image that people have, a lot of people have with reverts. Like, for example, when whenever, like, you know, you guys want to wear a do-rag or something, and then like they'll get those looks from the Somali families, right? And and that's one of the reasons why you know all, nowadays I'll wear a do rag on purpose, right? <laughs> like remember that event? Like, y'all seen the event? Like I was wearing a do rag on purpose specifically for that reason, right? You're a legend. Because <laughs> that's that's the thing. It's it's cultural, right? And just because something is cultural doesn't mean it's un-Islamic, right? And a lot of people look at you know the do rag, for example, as oh you know it's like it's a gangster thing, you know, when it's really it's, it's literally a cultural thing. And that's one of the some of the, that's just one of the few perceptions that we have to change, you know, from our perspective. But also, like, there's a reason why people wear do rags. You know what I mean? They might have a braid up. They might have like their ways trying to maintain. There's a reason. Who don't exactly. unless you're just from Scarborough. You don't really just wear it to wear it. But I had two. <laughs> I had two points I want to make. Um, firstly, it might depend on the individual who takes shahada, whether they feel I guess affected by the solitude. You know what I mean? Like me, I was the only child growing up. It wasn't a big deal to me. Like I went to the mission, I got my food, I cut. It wasn't a big deal at all. 
But certain people I know, maybe they used to party a lot. They had a huge social circle. They would enter the dean and they'll feel this this distance. You know what I mean? Because they're not used to it. So that being said, I remember there was a time, I believe 2013 or 14, there was a brother. And inshallah, I hope he hears this. I'm sending shots to him. You know, no names. <laughs> and uh, he was Bengali. And he invited a couple brothers to his house. And another <clears> brother tried to ask on my behalf. Mind you, I did not want to go. I did not care to go, to be honest. I was just going to go home. It wasn't a big deal to me. And he said, who's this? Oh, the Jamaican guy? No, nah, he's not coming to my house. So I heard this. I'm like, you know, first of all, I won't go to your crib. Like, I don't care to go to your house. I want your food. It's whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have money. Alhamdulillah, I'm going to go buy food now. I'll get my, you know, shout out to my habitus. I'll get my uh, my red chicken and yellow barisa at UBK. It's not a big deal. But just the fact that he was so closed off to was like, what the heck? Are you serious? Because I go home now. I have alcohol in my pantry. You know, it's for guests. Um, I could do whatever I want to do, and who's gonna stop me? You know what I mean? My mom's gonna be like, "Oh, you're Muslim. What are you doing?" She's like, "Oh, maybe he's Muslim, but he's, you know, he's uh, he's, uh, he's lenient with his religion. He's uh, progressive. You know what I mean?" So you have you have very little. Uh, and just to stem off the last question, what did you guys enjoy about uh, fasting and uh, Ramadan experience? Yeah, just um, so like from like a being perspective, or like kind of a, a general general sense. Okay, okay. Uh, basically, like. One of the things I enjoyed was like the like the, the unity amongst like the Muslims, cause like when you go to like I'm speaking from like a general, no more so specific, cause when I I usually only went to like a Catholic church, I went to a, like those different types of churches like maybe once in a while, but majority of the time was a Catholic church, and it's kind of like you have the Filipinos there, you have like you know the Adan people there, and then you have like you know. Just like usually those type of churches like Catholic or where I was exactly, there wasn't too much like black people, you know. So when I would go there, it would kind of just be like, oh, you, you go in there, do your thing and you cut. Like, And the only time you kind of like say like, like you, you greet each other is like within the like the I forgot what it's called, the sermon, basically, you know. But other than that, it's not really like someone's going to be like, yo, this guy's Christian. Let me go say what's up to him. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's not you, you, won't, you won't hear none of that. Like, it's 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 very rare, like, you know. So, but uh, the unity was something that I found that was like, was like you know, it's nothing that I've seen or I've experienced before. And it's nice because, too, it's like even some uh, some some born Muslims, they're out like during Ramadan. They, you know, you get more of like a welcoming theme feeling you know mm-hmm. opposed to like outside of ramadan or it's kind of like you know it's like wrestle wrestle and bustle like you know you're in and out the message yeah, yeah you know everyday life yeah yeah but um alhamdulillah like the unity is 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 amazing like you know going to different people's houses you know being invited like just being amongst muslims like you know because during like uh, outside of ramadan there's not really much uh um unity amongst Muslims rather than just like recreational type of like you know Friday prayer like yeah you know after Jamaah ball go get food and that's kind of it but this is now it's like there's nothing like you know like when you're when you see brothers like you know like even myself like you know like you feel like you know your iman's down and then you see your friends in the masjid like that's a different type of feeling than seeing them at a community center you know and uh, somebody corrected me on, uh, I said Russell and Bustle. It's a hustle <laughs> and bustle. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, thanks for, for answering. And, and that, you already kind of touched on it, but uh, do, 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 is there anything else that you enjoyed about it? Just in the general. The things that I enjoyed a lot was the concept of, I guess, you're compelled to learn about your deen, you know, because you're being able to propagate it out to your family. Mom's saying, why are you fasting? I'm supposed to tell her. I have to learn, you know what I mean? So 
with that being said, it's very important for all of us to learn, whether you're born Muslim or you're not Muslim. You know, as the Prophet mentioned, um, that seeking knowledge is obligatory on every Muslim. Whether you're one week in, two weeks in. If you have to pray Salah, you have to know how to pray. You know what I mean? If you're going to worship Allah alone, you have to know how to worship Him. With that being said, it's funny because early, uh, it helps me reflect on when I was, before, like, you know, when I was Christian before. Um, I used to say that I always knew of God, but I never knew Him. Like I knew of Him in the sense that I knew there was a Creator. I knew to worship Him, but I had no idea how to worship Him. I had no idea how to make Tawbah. I had no idea how to repent. You know, I used to, I used to think Jesus died for my sins. I had no idea if I was even wrong in my thinking. It was crazy. But after you enter Islam, you start learning. You realize that you know Allah now, opposed to just knowing of Him. So that was a major transition which I enjoyed. Thank you. And, uh, I have also to ask another question. Um, how did your family guys, How did your family act towards the overall change? And I'm just fasting, but just your whole lifestyle change. They asked you to come to church, and you guys said no or whatever. How 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 was that? I'll let Cody answer that first. It's kind of like it's 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 a little bit mixed because it's like even with like it's it's kind of hard to explain you know because it's like they even them like they don't even know why they go and they're asking you to go you know what i'm saying like they can't really explain like as to like deeply as to why they're going or what they're going for necessarily you know they just know they're going there because they believe in god and they're this you know they feel like they don't do as much in their life that has to do with like you know pleasing god or whatever it may be that's from my perspective at least so they go once in a while to you know just make themselves i guess present in a type of environment like that but they reacted um not like alhamdulillah like there's a lot of families that that kick their their um their son or their their daughter out you know but for me it wasn't too it wasn't too foreign because it's like they 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 knew like a lot of people like my age, like they're they're far off now. Like they're doing like you know, they're they're not. They weren't like like where their their path is now. It was never like apparent like it was going to be like that when they were younger, you know. So at least now that like I took a different path, they're they're satisfied at least you know, and they've came along because I've uh, I've tried to like explain to them. But I feel like too with reverts like. You have a lot of zeal, you know, because you just embrace something that you find is amazing and is the truth, you know. So when you try, to, yeah, when you try to explain to them, sometimes it's kind of like it's, it's kind of like you're you're so like overzealous that like it's kind of like you don't really know how to articulate yourself. So then you may you may take like a more of a like more of like an aggressive approach or more of like a like you're just. It's, it's angry. Yeah, you know, it's not like like angry, but kind of like, it's kind of like you don't know how to articulate yourself. So you kind of like, you just explode, you know, but not in a way where it's like you're aggressive or violent, you know, but it's more of a, like a verbal type of like encounter, you know, which is more lopsided than them letting them speak opposed to you just going at them, you know. I think, uh, yeah, and, and that's the thing, like when, when he was mentioning how, you know, you know, his family, you know, <laughs> They were going to church and they were doing all of these things because it was a you know it was a custom and they they had they, they believed in God and that's why they were doing it but they didn't really know know why they were doing it and Subhanallah that's the state of most of us today right even with the Muslims so you see people that are going to the masjid you know they don't know why they're doing it it's like their parents said they have to go they're going to Quran class because their parents forced them right and, and that's the thing with 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 the Deen it's not 
it's not something you inherit. You don't inherit your deen. Right? It's something that you take, right? And it's something that comes with an effort. So you have to do, you have to go out of your way to do it. And not just because you're doing it, just because right? you have to have your, the right intention. You have to have, you know, sincerity. So when you, so when I hear, when I hear, when I hear Cody talking about it, it's, it's sort of like a bittersweet kind of thing. So, cause I hear, cause I know he, he, he accepted Islam and he has that Iman in his heart. So I'm, you know, I'm so happy for him. But then I look back at, you know, all the people that are, that are, that are in the masjid now that you see on a regular basis, on a regular basis, and they're just there. Right? You don't know, I mean, we don't know the state of their hearts, but, you know, for a lot of people, it's like, that's all they are. It's just there. It's cultural. You can kind of like get the idea of what's going on with them. Like, oh, not, I don't know if you want to answer um, With me, I want to touch on something first with Zeal. Uh, I feel like me and Cody. Probably have very, you know, a lot of things that we can relate to in terms of zeal. Um, and it's hard because you want the best for your family, you know what I mean? Like, I had an aunt who passed away and I gave her the Quran on her bed. She couldn't read, she couldn't, she was sick. But I had no idea how to, I guess, demonstrate that I want for the, you know, my yearning for the, you accept the DNA. So it was hard and she died, you know, upon comfort. So it's, it's hard to, to grasp what. But I find that balance having wisdom, of course, you know, being able to approach their situations with uh, its due measure. But I guess in terms of experiences now, as you guys know, the famous saying, you know, when I converted my mom to my dad, and he said, uh, he's happy that I'm not a Batman, you know? So I'm not a Batman, but I'm a Muslim, so he's happy with that. And it's funny, because I asked my mom before, would you rather me be an atheist or homosexual? My mom said atheist. So thinking about it, as a Christian, if you believe Jesus, you know, he's your salvation, and you'd rather me be an atheist, a denier of that, you know, due to being supposed to be a homosexual, it's like, I don't know, man, but that's their religion, you know? So, but that's her and how she follows her religion. But at the end of the day, I don't know, you just got to strive for yourself. But in terms of general experience, I'm going to, I guess, talk about my my cousin's experience as well, because she converted. My mom's cousin converted. I believe she's my third cousin. I'm not too sure. Right. But um, when she converted, she was in York University. And she was studying. She was taking OSAP. So as you know, interest, et cetera, et cetera. She accepted the deen and she dropped out on totality. She said she was done. Khala, she was done. Of course, her mom was, you know, she was livid. She started wearing naqab, she started wearing gloves. She got kicked out the house. Um, with that being said, she said that she hasn't experienced anything, I guess, greater than that. Like she was making more money than she was working through donations and stuff, you know? She lived house to house, sister's houses, and she'd be making money just by getting gifts and stuff to the point where she had to reject it. She didn't have that many gifts. So that's crazy. But in terms of me now, uh, my grandma is very religious. Like if she were to be Muslim, she would be in the masjid giving halakat every week. You know, she uh, she urged me to pray growing up. Before I slept, I prayed. Before I, I left my house, when I got in the house, before I ate. So a lot of it created the easy transition to Islam through my grandma. So she understood the concept, I guess, but she was against the fact that I never worshipped Jesus. She took it to offense. You know, Jesus died for his sins. Why wouldn't you worship him? And I'm telling her we believe in him, but it's not the same anymore. You know what I mean? I worship his creator. And she couldn't really, I guess, fathom that, you know? So still to this day, there's friction, but um, loosened up, most definitely loosened up. And again, like I guess it vary depending on culture as well, religious affiliation. But in terms of Caribbean people, they're very spiritual, you know? They, a lot of them believe in God. Even if they're not practicing, they have this concept, they have this, uh, this God consciousness. With my family, it wasn't really anything which was too difficult. Yes, yeah, man. Um, and this is my my last and uh, final question. 
um has has it has it gotten easier over the years yeah it's good it's definitely alhamdulillah it's gotten it's gotten easier you know because now it's kind of like habitual you know so it's kind of like they know what to expect they know you know as of recently like uh, i believe it was uh, my cousin she just texted me like not too long ago texted me saying how uh, Asked me what's up. I said, yeah, what's going on? And then she said, Yo, I hope you have a good Ramadan. So it's nice because she's not Muslim herself. But simple things like that, or simple things like my family, uh, like bringing halal food to um, family meetings, like just general family meetings. Of course, not like Christmas or all those type of things, but just general family gathering, as well as like them going out of their way to like, avoid certain things like oh there's not going to be this in, in that type of food or we're not going to have this here you know so the, yeah you know that there that type of accommodation is very nice you know and um and uh, a little bit off topic but i wanted to talk about like um like what uh, somali was saying about um being reverts in the masjid and stuff like that like my cousin She's uh she's very like open to discussion about a lot of things and um one thing is kind of like uh, one thing that I brought up because she obviously knows I was Muslim and I was living with her for a little bit and she said um I asked her because she lives right beside a Somali masjid in Edmonton and uh, she said that um she was knows that there was a Somali masjid there and this is the same one that that greeted me with saying you know have, have a good Ramadan. He was the one saying how uh, she she wants to go, like she would go to the masjid. I asked her, why doesn't she go? She said she would go, but she doesn't really know how to go about it, you know? I feel too like that type of like judgment of not understanding somebody isn't a reason for you not to approach them, you know? Because you may not understand like their exterior, you know? But you, who are you to say what's inside of them, you know? Because that person could have more sincerity or more, you know what I'm saying? Have more, they're a bad that could be accepted you know what I'm saying? Even though it may not look like they're, like, I guess, as your standard Muslim, but they could be more pious than somebody who's in the masjid every day, you know, who's correct, whose intention is off. With that being said, like, I feel like as Muslims, it should be like, you guys shouldn't really like, like, if you see somebody in the masjid, let's say, for example, with earrings or braids or, you know, they're sagging their pants, like, you have to kind of assume that they may not just know better. You know what I'm saying? It's not like they're doing that because they think it's the sunnah. You know what I'm saying? Like they may think that, that there's nothing wrong with what they're doing, you know? And I feel like by you just addressing them on, on like just little, like minuscule problems, opposed to like help helping them like, oh, you know, brother for Salah, you should do this rather than this, you know, opposed to take out your braids, take out your earrings, you know? Cause that's at the end of the day, it's a matter of like, Introducing the stuff step, step by steps and what's more significant, which is salah, correcting their salah, opposed to telling them right away to do this. And that stuff is, you know, it's, it's it'll come, but it has its due time, you know what I mean? And you end up pushing them away. Exactly. For example, like, a brother we know who's, who's uh, super pro-black. Black people who are gallows, I don't see, I don't really, <laughs> I don't really like, um, I don't really blame them for being pro-black because like all the, the 
trouble like black people, Africans went through. Horrible, you know? And they don't know better, so you can't really blame them, you know? But when you accept Islam, then you know that that's all voided. Like, everybody's equal. There's no type of uh, superiority with black people than there is white people. Some people say white people are shaitan, you know? (laughs) That's that's not right. But, for example, him, I guess he had a couple bad run-ins, and as well as he hasn't, you know, as for what I've was told and for what I know is that he wasn't really like he didn't really be torpedoed like that. So with that being said, now it kind of pushes him away, you know. And to push somebody away is, is huge because now you're pushing them away from the greatest thing that they've ever encountered, which is Islam, you know. So by pushing them away is is is, is very dangerous, you know. I feel like if you see someone, and you may not understand why they the way they are. I don't feel like it's it's right for you to. To just, you know what I'm saying? Ridicule them for just their outward appearance, you know? You should try to, obviously, have a conversation and see actually how they they operate, you know? You can't tell how someone operates just directly off of how they, you know? We have to change time. Uh, don't, don't judge a book by its cover? Yeah. 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 You got to extend that hand of goodness. Well, then, like, going back to that, if 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 let's say um a brother that, that hasn't converted yet or is, is considering walking yeah. to the mosque and we might feel that certain way <coughs> trying to be accepted into regular society. So if, if we don't even, if we're not even fixing that within our own um institutions, then how would we expect something else to, to change later on? Yeah, right. And like, I remember like not even less than a week ago, probably four days ago, I was in the masjid, it was just after Iftar and a brother walked in. And he had like he had his he had dreads, you know, he had the baggy pants and whatnot. And you know, he walked in, he didn't talk to anybody, he went, he made wudu. And then people kind of dispersed from the message. So there was maybe about five or six people left. And then he came up to me and he said, Hey brother, can you know, can I ask you a question? So I'm like, Yeah, sure, why not? We sat down and he's like, you know, can you teach me how to pray? I said, Yeah, fish. I said, you know, how long how long have you been a Muslim? He said, I've been a Muslim for two years. And, you know, asking, you know, don't, do you have any friends that are Muslim? You know, do you have anybody that you can, you know, be around? And he said, you know, I have friends, but, you know, they're not really practicing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so when I, when I for, for him, when he accepted Islam and he took his shahada, you know, in, his, in the eyes of his friends, that was it. You know, he's done. He did his job. Mm-hmm. Right? So having that good, you know, circle of people around you is crucial. Mm-hmm. Right? And you know, the, first thing, the first thing that came to my mind was, when he walked to the masjid, I was looking around because yeah, I like to psychoanalyze people. <laughs> as soon as he walked in, you had a couple people, you know, do double takes, turn their heads, you know, give him side eye, like, yo, that doesn't belong here. Right? So, and right away, as soon as I saw that, like, I, I, I automatically felt bad because I know he saw it too. Right? So, and, and that's the thing. When, you, when people come into that sort of, you know, hostile environment, even without saying anything, it can be a hostile environment. Right? And, yeah, and... That's how you push people away, right? And all it takes is, you know, and this is the hadith Prophet said, you know, spread the salam. If anybody went up to him and said, salam alaikum, it's like, it would have been, you know, a huge, a huge, you know, difference from when he walked in, he was getting side eye. And, you know, that's, those are some of the, you know, the behaviors and the attitudes that we have to change. I, th- I think there's, there's even a lot more people that even I know from like the neighborhood we live in in region that like have reverted to Islam, alhamdulillah, but at the same time, like their friend circle might not have like, uh, been the best to like help and guide them and teach them all these things about Salah, you know what I mean, and a lot of other things. But we have to like do a better job 
and like bringing people into the into the fold of, of, of the team when they when they do come in. Definitely. Um, uh, Nat, if you want to answer the question, uh, first I'm trying to touch on Cody's point first, and then uh, we'll cut it, inshallah. But um, Cody's mentioning that it takes a certain wisdom, you know, to advise people, especially people who are new. There was a point where I, I believe I was 18 years old, I was fresh, and my mom and grandma wanted to enter a, mes- a masjid to hear a khutbah. But me thinking, where am I going to bring them? Gali masjid? Nah. You know what I mean? <laughs> where am I actually going to bring them? Yeah, that was the best mission I brought. That's where I brought them. You know what I mean? And they met Bilal Phillips and he destroyed all their doubts and that kind of transitioned everything to where it is today. And to touch on um Somali's point regarding uh regarding like I guess, you know, trying to prevent a hostile environment. I recall being in the masjid and the speaker came, you know, may Allah bless him and forgive him for making you know, making me feel this way. Um I was fresh, you know, maybe eighteen years old again. I was wearing a Jamaica shirt. Black Levi's, my Air Max on the shoe rack. And the way the ODBK was, well, there was a, a upper level and then a few stairs going down. So I was at the upper level, my back facing the speaker, my back on the wall. And he was, you know, the, <laughs> the talk, I guess, was about, or that specific topic he was addressing at the time. He was addressing parents and their, I guess, them urging them, like their daughters to get married at a young age or their, their sons. And, you know, of course, he wanted good, but he used the example that if you don't let your daughters get married at a young age, <laughs> what did he say? He said that they're going to commit zina with the Jamaican in the back of his car. I'm there as a new Muslim, you know, facing 30, 40, 50 uncles. And all of them are looking at me because I'm facing them. And I'm wearing a Jamaica shirt. So, of course, you're going to hide the fact that you feel ways, you know what I mean? But he has to, be, he has to have wisdom with that stuff, you know? Because even if they know I'm Muslim and I'm not going to commit zina with your daughters in the back of my car, um, it still creates that, you know, that that perception that Jamaicans are bad, they're awful people. You know what I mean? I feel like that's more of a cultural thing. I feel like us, like more modern people, don't think like that, but it's the ones, the immigrants that came from somewhere else where, you know, like their idea of what's right and what's wrong is different from our idea of what's right and what's wrong generally. Because for, for a lot of the, you know, the parents that do come from back home, they're culture is sort of infused with you know, Islam. So you can't really separate the culture from... I mean, you can, obviously there are things that are in the culture that are that are go against Islam. But generally speaking, you know, Islam is part of the culture. Right? So when they see other cultures that are not Muslim, you know, to them, in their heads, automatically everything that's part of that culture is wrong. Right? So I guess that's that's where some of the differences you know, originate from. But then that that being said, for us as you know second generation, it now the responsibility is on us, you know, for us to change that narrative, to change that perspective. I do agree, but the thing is that he's African American, you know what I mean? Like he's not a fob, he's not new here. He grew up in Philadelphia, but I guess you know through that mutual understanding with the uncles of color, you know whether you're Bengali, Somali, that message at the time, he thought that it was applicable to use that example. But he's African American with a completely. <laughs> Beautiful and clear English accent, <laughs> Allah Mubarak, you know what I mean? So he, got a he has no excuse. <laughs> but in terms of your question now, um, what was it again? My, if it, if it became easier for me, right? Has it gotten easier over the years? Has it gotten easier? Yeah. Uh, no doubt about it. As I said, it's my seventh Ramadan, my sixth year, inshallah. Um, you know, my family knows what's going on. Christmas, I don't really attend. Like, they know I'm not going to attend. Easter, I'm not attending. They know. You know, I try to stress the fact that I'm going to try to, I guess, 
Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Supplement or whatever I don't go to, and you know, maybe like just outings and dinners and stuff. And you know, I remember me and you were talking about this a while back, you know. And you know, you said you don't celebrate Easter with your family. You don't celebrate, you know, Christmas with your family. And then you know, your family doesn't celebrate Eid. And then you know, for me, you know, I got, I got, I got to thinking. It's like, for me, all of the celebrations that I have with my family, we do as a family. So Eid, we're doing it together. Ramadan, we're doing it together. Whatever it is, right? you know, every Friday, you know, we're in the house together. So, and this is just general advice to you know anybody who's listening to all of us here. If you have friends or if you know people who are reverts, you know, invite them over. You know, whether it's Eid, you know, for a meal, whether it's, you know, a couple of iftars, you know, sometime during Ramadan, you know, take them out. Or not even take them out, just go out with them, have dinner with them, you know, because that could be the only, you know, family that they have. Because, you know, at the end of the day, we're all brothers and sisters. And, you know, with that being said, we're about to hit up Sahan. It's funny you say that because uh, me and the brother I took Shahad with at the time, my old neighbor, our first couple of Eids, we weren't excited at all. You know, we had nothing to look forward to. We paid Salat Eid in Regent. We walked back. No idea what to do next. You know what I mean? With the pickup girl, got a smoothie. It was like 11 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Trying to nap. You know what I mean? Like, it was, it was boring. Like, Christmas, you're looking forward to seeing your family. You're exchanging stuff. Eid was nothing, you know, in terms of excitement. Of course, the, the virtue of it is great. But in terms of excitement, as someone who's new to the deen, it, was, it wasn't really anything until, I guess, recent. But it's to understand, you know? That you just gotta make GPs, you know what I mean? Opposed <laughs> to just expecting things. But uh, to touch on Cody's point as well, in terms of having that wisdom, I recall that same brother I took shadow with. He was he was in the mission one time, and you know he had ball shorts on, and they're below his knees. You know, no problem. You know, he's breaking fast, and he was seated in a way where his knee was up, so his foot was on the floor, and his knee was up, so his shorts kind of fell below his knees. And there's an uncle, which I still vividly remember, and I want to address it, but it's kind of like, you know, six years ago. I have no idea if I should. <laughs> I want to page him, man. I'm that guy now. He pointed at him and goes, what are you doing? You know, the guy's a year in. If that, maybe his first one, I'm not too sure. He said, what are you doing? And he tapped his boy, his little upty boy. I said, look, look, look what he's doing. Look what he's doing. Isn't that bad? And they're like, yeah, what are you doing? Don't, don't wear that. And I'm thinking, you know, like, he's, he's new to the dean, you know what I mean? Like, what do you guys, what do you guys expect? It's, it, and he just... He took it like a champ, you know? He never really had a kibbit or anything with it. You have to, you know? But in terms of, I guess, the contrast, I remember my first salah. It was TIC. It was Salat al-Asr. And I stood in the, in the row, and I was just, I guess, astonished that everyone, you know, was praying in together. I was in harmony. And miskeen me, I was, you know, I bent forward looking down. After the takbir, you know, the imam takbir? And I, I was still looking around. I'd taken everyone. Different colors, you know, everyone's in unison. And then the brother, he addressed me after. He uh, advised me, rather. And he said, um, he said, Akhi, I know you're new to the deen, you know, may Allah bless you, but when you pray, it's you and Allah, you know what I mean? So you can't really be looking around, doing this, doing that. And the way he approached it was, it was beautiful. And I still remember to this day, and that was when I was 17 years old, you know? And now, like, I'm a big man, so looking back, it's something which I, I, I held. It goes, those little things go a long way. For sure, for sure. But uh, yeah, it definitely got easier. You know, you become more independent, I guess, in terms of making your own iftar and stuff. So everything's good. All right, I got a question for uh, both you guys. Uh, what's the main thing that made you guys like maintain maintain inside? Like, how did you guys maintain being Muslim? Like, what kept you in it? Okay, um, one uh, that's a very good question, and I feel like it's a very important topic because it's like uh, I feel like I'm not, first of all, I, I wouldn't say like. When you ask that question, it's more like 
someone who's in a stance of like I'm saying of like they're doing well, you know. I wouldn't consider myself doing well, but I would consider myself, you know what I'm saying, like better than I was, you know. But um with that being said, I feel like too like when you when you first become Muslim I feel it's like it's it's a new it's a new experience. But also you feel like like depending on who you are, like what type of person you are, me I understood like I know if some people aren't really benefiting you, I can kind of like, you know, identify that, you know? But with that being said, like, uh, I feel like a, a, a bit, it's easier to be around people who you're comfortable with, you know? And I feel like, of course, before I was Muslim, I had like, you know, acquaintances that I, I was, I grew up with, you know, like some people who I considered my family, you know? And, and, uh, and cutting them off is very difficult because it's like they they get your jokes, you know, they get how you they get how you are, you know what I'm saying? Like you can speak with them a certain way that you may not be able to speak with with another person, you know? But um I feel like it's 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 only healthy for you to to be selfish in that in that circumstance, you know, because it's like it's either your dean or you know, or you want to have entertainment, you know, or comfort, and comfort comes, comfort comes like after time, you know. Like at first, it may not be comfortable separating yourself from them, but inshallah, Allah will make it easy for those who who, who go their way to please them. And um, and with that being said, uh, when you when you uh, when you go outside of your comfort zone you build another habit, obviously, you know, whether it's good or bad, you know? So that being said, like, I, alhamdulillah, like there was Muslim brothers, like there's Nathaniel, a couple other Reaver brothers, and a Somali, you know, a bunch of other brothers, you know, alhamdulillah, or that you can be around, you know, and, and, and still get that type of, like, you know, that dunya uh, entertainment, but also the main, the main aspect of that relationship is the deen, you know? There's nothing like where you can go play basketball. You can still do all the stuff you were doing before. And you're not really compromising much other than like haram things, you know, or not even haram things or being negligent, you know. So I feel like that separation is it's very hard, but I feel like it's a necessity, you know, because like, sometimes it's like at the end of the day, it's like, well, is that person like those people, are they dictating your lives or are you going to live your own life? Uh, you got to answer? Yeah, yeah, for me, uh, I guess it's very similar to Cody's. You have to change that environment. You know what I mean? So when I first took Shahada, I was fasting. And I had friends who I grew up with from the same building. And for whatever reason, I would be with them in their bachelor apartment. Everyone's smoking weed. But me, I'm sitting there. My skin, I smell like weed. And I used to go to UBK for Asa to come back. Smell like weed. And I was fasting during this time, you know? So it's just that whole aspect of withdrawing yourself, reflecting, <laughs> and separating yourself from that negative uh, environment. But I guess in terms of reverts as well, you have that sense of, of urgency for your family as well, you know? Because you feel like your dean's bigger than just you. You feel like you have to teach your your, your, your family this dean, you know what I mean? And as Allah said in Surah Al-Tahrim, um, yeah, You know, so... I'm not touch the mic. It's kind of weird. Yeah, <laughs> So, you know, you believe, save yourself, save yourselves and your family, and your families rather, from the fire, so... That's a big motivation, and I know Cody can relate to this. And you feel like it's just greater than just you, you know, trying to practice in your room, 
Right? You have to learn and try to implement it as well. And if your family doesn't see the change, why would they really want to, you know, take you serious or want to change for themselves? But it is difficult, though. I went to Jamaica last year, January. Yeah, January. And I had cousins there who knew I became Muslim. And they said, you don't have to drink, you don't have to smoke. But you have to come clubbing with us. Like, you have to, you know? We're in authority <laughs> girls, you have to come. And they're paging me upset with me. You know what I mean? I'm telling them, get, get out of my face, you know? Like, I'm not coming with you guys. So you have to take a stance. You have to have a, a backbone when it comes to certain things, you know? And of course, you need wisdom when you approach it. But uh, yeah, you, you got to be firm with what benefits you. You got to be selfish, as uh, the brother mentioned. All right. All right. So I have another question, and this is for the Muslim brothers that have sisters in their family or just, you know, they have their mom cooking. Um, do you guys think there's like a gender stereotype, uh, as in uh, women can fast and cook, uh, but men don't have to, like, they don't have to cook at all? But, like, for my, for my answer is like, me personally, I don't like I know how to cook, so sometimes I'll make my own food, like just for myself. Like everyone else would be, I would eat my mom's food too, but I would make my own food, right? This is just me personally. But I'm gonna be real, like maybe twenty out of the thirty days, I'm eating my mom's food. I'm not doing nothing. Oh, yeah. Go, go ahead, go ahead. I, so basically, that in my crib, I what? So so my my eldest sister's married, but my youngest sister's still there at home. So sometimes if she's working and my own mom's only the one cooking or doing stuff. And I do offer a hand and I do help out. So, like, you know what I mean? Doing the samosas, the game out for those who know what that is. So, like, run errands and stuff like that. So, I do stuff. But there is 100% there's a stereotype. And some, like, I've been seeing it over Twitter, like, the past, what, one week. And, you know what I mean? It's kind of true because some guys don't give a damn. And they, they'll still go about their day. And they, and they won't really help. But, like, some guys that, you know what I mean? Help out. They're, they're good guys, you know? I, uh, I'm, okay, I'm going to be very honest in my house. It's just um, my mom and my sister, and I have a younger sister. But my mom does the bulk of the cooking for the most part. Um, but the thing is, I'll offer to it just tell you to chill, and, like, I'll buy food for everybody. Too. But for the most part, you know, uh, my, my resume in the kitchen is, is super shaking it. Cheers. So, uh, <laughs> like I mac told you guys before, all I, all I can make is mac and cheese and pasta with no sauce. You know what I'm saying? That's it, man. Um, for me, it's, it's, I don't have that. The thing is, my sisters are listening, so I'm making in trouble. <laughs> but, uh, like I have four sisters. Like, what am I going to do in the kitchen? Right? Like I'll go in the kitchen. I'll try to help out. Like, you'll beat it. You're just in the way. Right? <laughs> Facts. So, but I, I'll, here and there, I'll come, you know, I'll make some malawah or whatever, you know? But, and I can, like, I'll, whatever, if somebody, if something needs to be bought from the store, you know, I'll, I'll be the one to go to the store. But other than that, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> So here's the question. What's what's more difficult? Being a Reven Ramadan or fasting and cooking? You know, you're cooking eight pounds of food for yeah. the masjid. I'd rather, you know? Yeah. I'd rather... Yeah, huh? yeah, I'd rather <laughs> remain like this, man. They have yeah. a heart. Shout out to the Hoyas, man. Shout out to the Hoyas cooking. Hoyo, yo. <laughs> May Allah bless our mothers. I mean, I mean yeah, 100%. 100%. I'm not trying to be them. Well, I, don't, I don't know about you guys. If you guys have anything uh, else to say. Oh, uh, Somali has... Uh, somebody asked me a question. Uh, somebody asked me on a curious cat to talk about um, my Quran journey. And I think this could be a question for everybody. So the person said, just talk about your Quran journey. For me, when I was younger, I went, I went to Somalia. And I was there for about two years. It was a cheat code. <laughs> so like, and in those two years, I think I did like 15 years. So for me, when I came back, and I, was, I was like 10 years old. That's when I came back. It wasn't it was soon afterwards that I finished the Quran, alhamdulillah. Um, but 
once I finished, you know, a lot of times, you know, you think when a person finishes a run, that's it, you know, they're, they're done, you know? And it's, it's it's a lot harder once you finish. Because if you don't practice it consistently, you forget. Yeah, like you have to. And I remember there was a point where I stopped going to Duke for about eight months when I was working. <clears throat> and like, it, my phone got rusty. Like real rusty. No, it's one of those things where it's like, it's a responsibility, right? It's not just something you do once and like, all right, I did it, I'm done. That's that's my journey. Um, I, I had a similar experience, but not not, not the same outcome. Um, <laughs> not the same outcome. Terrible, but not terrible, but it was just uh, <laughs> it was it was it was a it was an error in uh, in in uh, I guess teachers or whatever. So I I I also went to Africa. I lived in uh, Kenya for four years. Did that real shift, but um, I was learning I was learning the Quran and uh, I was learning the Quran just consistently and. Didn't too. Uh, I should. I technically I should have been done, right? But um, so I had this teacher that would teach me, and I would I would, I would keep going, and keep going, and keep going, and I was I was I was, I was a quick learner. So we, he kept he kept like I was literally me reading a page or reading uh, finishing a surah, and then I and then I kept going. And the issue with that was, he yeah, had no revision. So I would I literally went all the way up to maybe like five surahs, and I look back and I. I don't know anything. I don't know anything, right? And then he, he's testing me. He's like, yo, why don't you know anything? I'm like, yo, you didn't tell me to go back, right? <laughs> but, but it's just, it's, it's, <laughs> I guess that's an error. In, in so, something happened either me or him, but I, I was never taught. I was young. I was never taught to go back and, and do revision. So I, I got another teacher, and uh, and my boy made me start from uh, from scratch. You know what I'm saying? So that's, I guess, it, and I guess that's my uh, my my journey, in a sense. So. <laughs> yeah so uh personally speaking uh my quran journey hasn't been um as smooth or as uh you know the one i wanted it to be but alhamdulillah uh in my household i have someone that's you know what i mean uh been reading pretty much his, like his whole life or at least a long yeah shout out yeah so so like when i when i have like questions or like ask for like tips on dean or anything like that like i go to him but uh my personal journey uh, I, I needed like i need to read more and i need to like like start to like uh, take take it more seriously, you know what I mean? Because you know what they say: the older you get, the more responsibilities you have. So like, uh, if it's it's easier to go and like like revise when you're older, I feel like than than to go and memorize to so, like sit down and like like use like a lot of your like your at least your daytime or like your evening nighttime and stuff like that to like try and memorize or like you're gonna have responsibilities, you know what I mean? Soon maybe married and then after that kids and you know work full time, all that it's gonna get in the way and then you're gonna be like, oh oh, I can't do this, I can't do that. Just get it done now while you have time, you know, in your youth. Yeah, for me, like, same as G6, like, my Quran journey isn't the best. But uh, what I made sure of, even like, one of my parents made sure of when I was younger, even, was to make sure I know how to, like, read Quran, all the accents and all the other things. So I, at least at that point, I I could take it upon myself to memorize whatever, whatever amount of Quran uh, I could, you know. So I, when I was growing up, I had a Quran teacher, but like at a certain point, I just like stopped using the Quran teacher and just was teaching myself like self self learning type of thing. After I learned how to uh, read Quran, I was just memorizing by myself. So yeah, that's like my journey. All right, fair enough, fair enough. And uh, we had one. Uh, so my journey, you know, sadly I didn't go to Somali for two years or Kenya. Never got, I never got sent back on that that promise vacation. That prison nah, sentence. 
it was it wasn't really that long anyway. It was a koa, don't worry. Uh, but that being said, you know I'm still on that journey now, of course. You know what I mean? And it's interesting because you start like Duxie as a grown man, you know, opposed to being there, being there as a seven year old. Yeah, you're saying for you, yeah, mashallah, your mahadaj is on point. You got that hat and that hot down. Where was I? Uh, yeah, as, as a grown man, uh, you know, you're, you're there. You know, it's not the same. You're already like, seven years old anymore. You know, your only worries as a seven-year-old is probably PS1 because we're born in the 90s, you know what I mean? So PS1, Super Nintendo, Dunkaroos, and Duxie, you know what I mean? But us, as grown men, it's like, yo, you have, you have school, you have work. Your mom thinks you're singing when you're trying to practice in your room, you know what I mean? So <laughs> it's challenging, but, you know, you just got to... Gotta, you gotta strive. Shout to Rex with that love. You gotta strive. Yeah, uh, so <laughs> basically, I feel like it's uh, first of all, I think it's a journey that doesn't end. You know, and uh, it's like uh, it's something that you have to like maintain a relationship with, despite where you are in your life. You know, like I feel like, uh, of course, a lot of us or you know, a lot of Muslims nowadays. They, and you know they they have this type of like like replacement for you know where where Quran should be present you know and when when there's music and when there's trying to balance music and Quran it's almost impossible to be honest if not impossible you know thanks thanks guys for uh, tuning in um, this is episode nine so if you guys have any discussions or anything you want to talk about you can comment on the Rex Reads or uh, Rex Reads Twitter page at Rex Reads One. And if you guys want to do anything else, you can you can uh, email me at rexfreeze1 at gmail.com. And, uh, or you can jump into CC. Or you can send a DM as a question, even for this uh, um, episode that we just did right now. Uh, at M-A-J-E-D underscore G6. Uh, I think we got someone else that wants to plug. That's somebody. <laughs> yeah right, so um, uh, thanks thanks then, everybody for being yeah. here and uh you already know my guys oh uh, and uh, ramadan mubarak to all ramadan those mubarak to everybody celebrating and to yeah. everybody celebrating stinks, and everybody stinks, fasting yeah stinks, stinks, stinks. Take care.